Hello and welcome back to the Dakota Student Podcast. I'm your host, Mason, and today I'm joined with Ben and Claire. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Happy at spring break. Yeah, it's really spring good. break, but uh, not looking so springy outside. Uh, well, did you guys get okay. hit with the, the snow in Grand Forks? I'm guessing you did. Um, I ended up going back home, so oh, yeah. I don't have a clue. But well, yeah. Lots of snow here in Minnesota. How's Washington, Ben? It's actually sunny currently, but that's weird because yesterday we had spitting snow, rain, sun. Man, my little town has been in kind of chaos recently. We had tornado warnings the other day. It was, we had like three of them and then we had a blizzard warning. Just a bunch of warnings. Nothing really happened Sounds though. eventful. Hey, it was. We were about to live through our first tornado. It was actually kind of cool. You could see it, uh... <laughs> You could see it spinning around us, you know, like the mm-hmm. clouds. And then everything went silent. And I'm like, oh my, like there's a tornado actually about to happen. And uh, yeah, I used to I used to live in Iowa. And to be honest, tornadoes don't scare me anymore. I my bedroom was in the basement and I slept through so many. It just was kind of a common occurrence, not gonna lie. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool. Tornadoes don't happen in my little town. So I don't know. It's interesting. This episode of the Dakota Student Podcast is sponsored by Hope Church of Grand Forks. Are you looking for a group of people who will truly care about you and your story? Then check out Engage, a college ministry of Hope Church in Grand Forks. Engage is committed to being an authentic community of people who are doing life together on mission for Jesus. Check us out at gfhope.org engage. That's gfhope.org engage. Well, in some UND news, we had the time capsule in Memorial Stadium. I know, Claire, you've been doing a little research into that. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I've been, I've been writing a lot of stuff uh, for class as well as the Dakota student. And so I'm still having that in the works. But really cool. I mean, the stadium itself is probably one of the oldest buildings on campus, if not the oldest. I mean, and just finding that time capsule and being able to see some of the stuff inside of it with all those newspapers from, I mean, the Dakota student, Grand Forks Herald alumni magazine. They had like tickets for the first homecoming game that was hosted there. It's really, really cool. So, um, and all that's going in the Chester Fritz, I think. So that'll be cool to see how that all um, gets collected and pieced together. So, yeah. It was really cool that some of that stuff from 1926 or 27, yeah. I believe. And mm-hmm. yeah, the wild. stadium was built in 27, but I think some of the things included in the time capsule are from about 26. Nearly a hundred years. It's wild. Well, I was amazed in one of them. I think it was the one from 27 where they, where they had gotten like, I think, I believe it was like $800,000 to build a Memorial Union. And yeah, that's a lot um, of money back then. Well, a lot of money context, today. they paid yeah. 10 cents for that newspaper. I, I feel like that hasn't gone up too much, though. I guess. Yeah, it has. How much would you pay for a newspaper nowadays? Let me see what the New York Times costs. Well, to do like a physical copy, because like I know you can get the New York Times for like a dollar a week right now, but that's not physical copy. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about like going to pick it up at a newsstand, you know? Yeah. If they even have new stands anymore. Are those the things? Well, sometimes yeah. they have them like like at like the gas station stuff, they have like the like little boxes outside. Yeah. Know? I remember them being like a quarter. So for daily service for delivery, 
is 20 bucks. Hmm. All right. So maybe it did go up quite a bit <laughs> still. Well, I always thought like the stuff at the gas station was between like one to $2, you know, like a dollar yeah. five for things, but yeah, it's kind of wild to see. The thing that I was amazed about these newspapers was the variety of stories they were covering back then. Mm-hmm. And it was daily. Dakota was daily. Oh my gosh. I could not imagine. Well, yeah. and they're doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, there was a one bulletin. Um, it was on the February 22nd issue in 26, where it was like, uh, it was a little bulletin to raise. It was, it's something to do with raising money. And they had raised almost $73,000. Mm. It seemed like they were uh, an outlet for a lot of, a lot of things though. Like the university was making announcements through the Dakota student. It seemed like they were. Well, do, we, the, do we know when the Grand Forks Herald started? Oh, before the, Eh, I don't know about before the DS. Maybe around the same time. DS is old. I know. I'm just curious for... Was it... Who's older? Because it looks like it would... Because some of the stuff that is in here, it looks like it would be... it Today is in the, the uh, Grand Forks Herald. Like they have an announcement for a special train going... Uh, where you pay $2.82 for a round-trip fare. Looks like it's for some sort of game. Think about that. $2.82 to go on a train to somewhere to watch a game of some sort. Hmm. Where in the world today can you go for $2.82 round-trip? Nowhere. Uh, How much is gas up to now? I haven't uh, heard in a while. Gas is like two seventy nine right now, I think. Mm, yeah, I get it a little bit more expensive, but so a gallon of gas is almost that much, Ben. So I doubt anywhere. <laughs> the current average today is two dollars and eighty-seven cents for the country. Oh, maybe it's gone up. I who knows? I wasn't paying that much attention. I was driving back. So, so what can you work? So let, let's just say your car gets twenty miles to the gallon. You can only go twenty miles. Yep. Round trip. Right. <laughs> yeah, you get 10 miles, 10 miles either way. Oh, man. That'd be terrible for me. Uh, anywhere near me is at least 30 miles away. So looks like I'm not going anywhere. I don't That's know. That's funny. Absolutely not. Oh, and I guess what's also, also impressive to me about the Memorial Stadium stuff is, yeah, it was built in 1927, but not all their fundraising stuff was completed by then. And what happened in 1929? The start of the Great Depression and the crash of the stock market. So I don't know when the stadium was actually paid for. Because um, they they started building it, if my memory serves me correctly, with like 200K raised. So I don't, I don't know exactly how that pans out in the timeline. That's something I should write down to include in my piece. But Yeah, I have, that's interesting to hear about. I have no idea. Huh? Yeah, it's it, it's very interesting to see all this stuff. Because think about it now for for the DS is we have a digital archive that we've kept for every single thing we've ever done. Mm-hmm. How far does that archive go back though? It doesn't go back to 1926. Oh, not far at all, Ben. Like not even to 2000. It's pretty limited. I'm interested to see that though, Claire. How did they fund that during that? During the Great Depression, 
And how was the um, funding like after the war too? Yeah, post World War One. Um, one of the things I had said in the live stream, it was the first like real like student alumni fundraiser and the slogan was help the you that is helping you i was like oh no (laughs) (laughs) but huh yeah that'll be interesting to see keep me updated with that i wonder how i wonder if that was volunteer or if they got paid i should look into that i don't know I, i don't know i couldn't imagine doing daily right now oh man we need a lot more staff a lot well, even besides staff what will we talk about every day yeah i don't know yes yeah, i really be digging for stories and news coverage yeah yeah i don't know these are i'd love to see once the uh once the library has gotten them fully scanned up to read mm-hmm. the stories to see all of that, because unfortunately with only one page, we only get half the story for a lot of them. Oh yeah. Cause it says con- continued on page three or page four. I'll try to get that for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. I was just looking into something. Well, um, and some other recent news, we had the Grammys. Do you guys watch it? Do you guys care? I know that this was, that was the worst performing Grammys in a while. All right. So I've, I'm kind of the same way with like the Royal family situation. I've gone out of my way to avoid WAP and you know, all that entails that. Did they perform WAP at the Grammys? Like, yep. Like why? Am I the only one that, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I believe it was because she won that song. How? Uh, maybe this is a hot take, but I, it's garbage. I'm sorry, people, but it's garbage. You guys have a counter opinion to that? I can't say it's my favorite song. <laughs> um not by a long shot but i think eventually we've all hit this point where so many like mainstream artists just have such good production teams that it's that's what they're getting credit for let's be real here i don't know i don't know i don't think i've heard a single lyric from that song so some people say you know i have no right to judge it but a song just with that name like why Uh, yep especially at the grammys isn't that supposed to be like family friendly they made it family friendly as well as making a uh who was the host trevor noren made an announcement saying to uh that it's a special thing and if you need to you can turn away right now think about that you you have to have a warning about something before a song goes on i don't get it man i i don't even know what to say to it but there's a lot of people worried now that the viewership wasn't good for this uh for these awards what are the next awards gonna look like they should just cancel the awards the grammys don't mean anything oh this is a publicity event anyway yeah it's literally celebrities just 
riding each other's asses. Excuse my language, but <laughs> that's all it is. It's a bunch of uptight celebrities patting each other on the back for accomplishments that aren't even real. Like, why, why does that deserve anything? I don't know. Maybe I sound bitter. I probably do, but. Or you look at Beyonce. She got, what was it, eight nominations? She got nine nominations and four awards. At least she didn't make a song called WAP. I don't know. Maybe she deserved it. The only song I've listened to from Beyonce is Halo, and that was back. When did Halo come out? I was a kid, for sure, listening to it on the radio. That's probably like Uh, that's 2010 That song is... um, 2008 yeah okay well it's close but still well when what really has beyonce had that's been any that's literally what i was googling i was trying to figure out what she's what the nominations were for okay it's for the savage remix which she what i refuse to believe that remixes okay black is king for music film um black parade okay a lot of it's for black parade but then a lot of it is savage remix stuff what the heck apparently sorry sidetrack a little bit apparently all taylor swift's re-recorded albums will be like eligible for like those awards and i don't know how i feel about that well um, they're they're technically not the same albums though yeah I'm she's aware. adding new songs on so it's a new album. Yeah, but I mean, like the re-recordings of the songs that already exist, and they are different. But I mean, they're really, really close. You know, at least the ones the one that's out so far. So maybe my opinion will change once it all comes out. But at the moment, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know either. But my opinion stays. Grammys are worthless. No point to them. People who are like actively involved in watching the Grammys and like. How do you feel about like film award shows though? All the Same awards. Opinion? Okay. All the awards are just stupid. It's a bunch of celebrities patting each other on the back. I guys- personally really enjoy like knowing what movies are nominated for Oscars because I think some of those are actually really good. Like, yeah, they're there is definitely the side of being pretentious in those shows, but like um, one of my, one of my friends always watches the Oscar nominated movies before the Oscars. And some of them are actually really good. And they're not like the mainstream ones where you're like, Oh, this, you know, everyone has seen this movie. Duh, this is getting an Oscar, you know? You know, I take reviews into consideration for a lot of things in my life, especially when I'm on Amazon or something. But movie reviews, I, we're not doing that again. <laughs> movie reviews, I don't really listen to. I feel like movies are uh, a lot more inclined to the, you know, beauties in the eye of the beholder. I, uh, I'm a big fan of Monty Python's Holy Grail, and I don't believe that movie would give or get positive reviews from a lot of people. It's just stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. So here's but, what I don't. Get about it's with awards that I don't like, and there are a lot of movies without rewards that I do like, so I I think they're pointless. Okay, but going back to this whole Beyonce thing, she hasn't 
her last studio album she released was in 2016. She had a live album come out in 2019. Um, Didn't she do like a lemonade? Wasn't her album lemonade or something? Yeah, that was that was the last album she did. But okay, that's what I was saying when I was reading off what she was nominated for in the Grammys this year. It's a remix of a song that she did not write. Um, I mean, granted, I imagine she had some contribution to her verse, but the original song, not her. And then um, the other ones were for Black Parade and Black is King, which like that's the only things like she hasn't released new music. <laughs> but that's the point. I don't understand that. I don't. I just don't understand why. She, how come she's been able to stay relevant? It's her and like uh, J Lo. I, I I don't understand how they're able to stay relevant. Yeah, this is the hot take. I the media is terrible. <sighs> why do we keep uh, in the headlines like the J Lo and A Rod stuff? Why do people care? I don't get why anyone cares. Because there is nothing in the news to talk about. There's plenty. There's plenty that people don't report because they're too busy reporting some celebrity. <laughs> it's it's a little pathetic. Sorry if that I just sound bitter today. Oh my. Um but yeah, I don't know. I'm do you guys see the Daily Mail stuff on Snapchat? Like the Daily Mail is God, I ruining Snapchat news. Don't even bother looking at that. All anymore. that Snapchat stuff is just ruining the media entirely. It's, it's so bad. Although I'll admit the Snapchat one when they broke the whole like Jeffrey Star Kanye for that was funny. But um, but even that, that's not real news. It's absolute garbage, absolutely inflated to just try to be something instead of actually finding a real story that's worth talking about. Yeah. It's like every every news organization is trying to be like TMZ now. Everyone just wants to be TMZ. You know. Um, Huffington Post was bought by someone. Uh, Huffington Post is not relevant. I they were bought. BuzzFeed acquired Huffing the Huff Post. Okay, well that makes sense then. So but apparently, there's a thing where there's rumors going around that BuzzFeed's going to take over Huff Post. You know, it's going to sound weird, but BuzzFeed, I don't like them in a lot of ways, but there are some things I, I think they do well. Their, uh, how they have their editors write is really interesting to me. Like, they basically don't really have assignments. At least that's how it was a few years ago, where they just kind of do what they want. I'm like, I mean, okay. If it works for them, I guess. Yeah. I was just thinking about what news organizations I still follow. I have no idea. I don't know if I follow any. That's what Twitter's for. <laughs> yeah, basically Twitter and Reddit. That's oh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say reliable news sources, but like <laughs> neither is Twitter. But no, I don't know what's reliable anymore. Nothing is. It's it's terrible. Yeah, I, or or you look at uh, you try and figure out even how to make a a a, a source reliable, especially when it's like you can't even figure out anything. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, or you, or for example, back like a few weeks, it, it's a great example. It was a couple of weeks ago, and we were trying to figure out the uh, whole uh, Andrew Cuomo story. We went to five different places and we could get nothing to confirm each other. Mm-hmm. I, we should have, I would have expected if this would have probably happened five years ago, we probably would have had three stories together and two stories that are very similar. Now we just get five stories that aren't even connected. You know, my brother said something that's uh, kind of resonated with me a bit. So he he's a big fan of Al Jazeera. I don't know if you guys follow him. It's a Middle Eastern news organization. But the reason why he follows them is because they hate Americans. So their news is more reliable. Yeah, it takes off that Americanized lens of issues, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And uh, I haven't fallen more recently. I don't want to say I'm, you know, an avid follower, but. I guess on the flip side, though, of when we talk about stories that don't add up and seem to have different narratives all around, obviously that's not good. But then the reverse side of that is when they're all using, like, when they're citing each other, I remember that was a problem in news a couple years ago where it seemed like, you know, NBC was citing ABC and then Fox News was citing this. And it's kind of like, yeah, but you can't cite each other and just call that. It's just too circular, you know, like get your sources. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you guys are reusing each other's stuff, it's like that we, that we get to a problem where you guys are just re reusing spitting up the same information over and over where we're not getting any new answers. Mm-hmm. I know this is a little unusual for the way we do podcasts, but let's make some predictions. Where do you guys see news organizations, mass mainstream media, whatever? Where do you guys see it in a decade or 50 years? I don't see it in the same manner as we see today. We'll still have, like, I think we'll still have terrestrial news stations like the your NBC's, uh, CBS's, ABC's. But then I think the tertiary ones, um, kind of like, like Fox News or uh, CNN, are going to get absorbed by the big three, where we'll only have a couple places to get the news from. I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking we're going to start seeing more organizations because people are going to be fed up. Honestly, that's my hope. I don't know if I necessarily believe that's what we'll see, but that's my hope. Um, I really want local sources to start getting bigger. I feel like those are the most reliable. I think those are the most reliable, but the problem is that people seem to have this idea that something like the New York Times or an ABC or whatever, that they have to be more reliable simply because they're big. Um, but a lot of those reporters aren't necessarily doing as much groundwork as someone is in a local newspaper or, you know, reporting area. Like, like okay, we've been, we've been super stoked about how the DS has been getting so many views recently, right? But what what are those average numbers? Like if we were to talk to most people on campus, like do they read the Dakota student? Like I sure hope they do, but like how do you 
how do you prove to your readership that you have something worth reading and to keep getting that out there, especially when so much of what we do is written? Like, yes, we have this podcast, um, and I sure hope that gets traction, but things like like the things that people are really into are so visual or more audio based and people don't take the time to read. Like we were, you know, laughing at the daily mail, Snapchat headlines, but those are things people click because it's quick. I mean, it's clickbait obviously, but it's quick and it's short. You're like, Oh, I got what I thought I wanted to know. Although it's just misleading. Right. Yeah. It's just feeding that shortened attention span. It's kind of wild how short people's attention span has gotten, especially with social media. I feel like it's purely because of social media, their attention spans are so limited. Well, and there was a thing a little while ago where it was a story I watched where basically we've now gotten our minds trained to where we are wanting to like go on social media. We want to go and see all this. Whereas before it was just, Oh, we're just going on there. Cause why else we might as well go see it. I don't know. The, the thing I'm, I, I pulled up the media bias chart as of January and just look at how many different organizations there are. Okay, but what's sad is I'm looking at this chart is I recognize like like maybe 10 of them. So which ones do you recognize? This is all over the world, though. This isn't just U.S. companies. I I see uh, American ones. I'm screwed. No, I see Russian Times in there. There's a bunch of different ones. Maybe I'm just blind. I can't read. Okay. Um, Like we said, like like we said, MSNBC. CNN, uh, Forbes, uh, there's TBS, NBC, uh, AP stuff, New York Post, Fox News, Washington Times, Daily Mail, unfortunately. Um, Prager you. oh my gosh, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's, that do be about it. Oh, so it's you I know you just mentioned Prager U, but um it's kind of interesting to see those like independent organizations with heavy biases, you know. Oh yes. And I think those are gaining in popularity for sure. Like the the daily wires of the world, you know. Yeah. And when you think about it, you're really wanting your Reuters and your AP because they are kind they are mainly uh, a middle ground uh, place, and they mainly are going off original fact reporting. That's what journalism's supposed to be, and I don't, I don't get this trend in supposed seeing. <laughs> I don't get this trend in heavily biased reporting. Like, who does that help? You're just feeding the followers some BS. You're pissing. No, you're off feeding the other them what you want them to know, and not what they need to know. Yeah, it's BS. And then the people who don't follow are getting ticked off. So it's just this never-ending, rage-inducing, I don't know, just terrible feed of information. It's yeah. well, then- and, and no one facts-checks anything, like how we spread media. Like, okay, we can talk about how those major sources are citing however they're you know creating their content. But then if I go share that on social media odds are people don't actually read what they share and that's what's irritating i literally dm someone on instagram because they put something on their story and i was like hey this is a screenshot 
of an article title. Did you read the article? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, well, this article is from 2019 and you're trashing it because you think Biden's behind this bill. And actually Donald Trump was president at this time. Like, just go read it. Like, what the heck? Like, do yourself a favor and be, if you're going to be informed, actually be informed. Don't come off as thinking you're so high and mighty and you know what you're talking about. You didn't even read what, what the content was. Like, that was really irritating to me. It's the shortened attention spans. You know, they only read the headlines and they're like, okay, I agree. And, sure that's, and that goes back to what we were saying too, because like those outlets that are just, you know, reporting what their target audience wants to hear or whatever spin it is, they don't have to read it because they know that target outlet is going to say what they want them to say. Mm-hmm. They don't have to read it because they know it's going to fit their worldview. And that's stupid. I think another big problem that journalism is facing is people misinterpreting opinions as news. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of these organizations are writing opinion pieces in a news-like manner, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And and then people are interpreting that as news when it's some, some guy's opinion, some woman's opinion, you know, some person it's. Well, then you look at all the biases of people in the world of there's like those, I believe it's like the five different biases. And you have that added on top of all this to where you get so confused with the news sometimes where you can't understand what is the story here. Because if you try and use like, uh, I believe one of them is like confirmation bias, trying to confirm a story um, with someone else, they're going to say something, a slightly different story of the same topic. So you can't understand all the, how how it works. So media, news media is a very interesting uh, topic in the sense of no one really wants to argue against them, but we've now gotten so spread out where you've now got to put your readers on and filter through all the information to understand it all. Mm -hmm. Whereas like when we were talking about the DS, these historical articles, it's just right there. The story's there. It doesn't change anything. And it's just reporting. I don't think you could say that again about today's stories. No, I mean, I, I write opinion columns for the DS. So I mean, just to be transparent, like I really do enjoy, you know, getting to put my spin on things. My most recent post was, you know, the whole Dr. Seuss thing, right? Like I wasn't, I didn't really dig into too much um, of the actual like press statement for, you know, what Dr. Seuss Enterprises put out. Technically, I, I did quote it. It's in there. Um, I'm not sure if I actually ended up putting a link to it, but not the point here. <laughs> like, I really do enjoy that. And I hope that there is a place for some of that opinion stuff. But as you said, to not make those opinion pieces news, yeah. um, to just have the straight facts. There's definitely a place for opinions, you know, that's where a lot of people get their own opinions from, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a problem when people start thinking it's news and it's facts. It's, that's a big problem. I honestly see the future of journalism being people like YouTubers going in the street and asking people how they feel some real 
I don't know if you really want to say investigative, but it's more investigative than what the news does nowadays. So I don't, that's what I see the future. I, I really hope people want to see more news and less opinion, but I don't know. Oh man. I had a friend who wanted me to translate the kids Bob Despacito Spanish part. And I was like, no, I'll not <laughs> be doing that. Maybe going on a different topic for a little bit. What do we think of the Olympics happening with no overseas fans at all? I don't know. I feel that like... That will be interesting because part of the Olympics in general is like, to, okay, to be like a host city, the economic impact of that is astronomical. Oh, yeah. So to take out the fans and you know all the hotel revenue tourism revenue just in general they almost need to be compensated that's my hot take they put so much down for this you know internal like structure of their city and these stadiums and places to compete like honestly that's a major loss well think about it they built these stadiums to hold massive amounts of people yeah Mm mm-hmm I also feel now, like it's a letdown for the athletes, you know? Oh, like, yeah. You're competing in the Olympics, you know, the the biggest games you can ever compete in as a, as a human, the biggest of everything, really. Yep. And no one's going to watch you do it. I mean, you have TV, of course, but that's... It's not the same. It's not the no. same, you know? But, but think about it. Even when we finally get to watch them, well, at least at least here on the West Coast, East Coast is going to get it live. I believe they said they're going to get it live at like seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I wanted That's to like watch- like 3 a.m. for you. <laughs> right, so really, I'm going to watch something live at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it was even crazy, like uh, I was doing some research into it. When the Vancouver Olympics happened in in Vancouver, B.C., us on the West Coast didn't even get a primetime event. A straight time. We had to wait till primetime happened late in the evening. And we're like, I was like 200 miles away. Mm-hmm. I'll do somewhat of a hot take, I guess. I think sporting events can start having limited capacity. I don't know if that's a hot take, but wear a mask. I, I, I think I they can think be limited. Limited capacity. Okay, we'll think about the Super Bowl. That was... That was a lot of people in there. That, in my opinion, was not a good call. Um, I've personally been to Raymond James. Uh, Funny enough, my dad and I, my dad and I are Tampa Bay fans. We're not diving into why that is because I don't need to face my bandwagon accusations. You bandwagoner, Claire. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm not though. Anyway, (laughs) but basically when my dad and I went, um, we were watching, gee, I don't remember who the quarterback was at the time, but it was the last game of the 2012-2013 season, and we tanked against the, against the Saints to get the number one overall pick, in which we took Jameis Winston. You know how well that turned out for us. But the tickets we had were 50-yard line, second row, and I think they were 80 bucks a piece. Those same tickets for the Super Bowl, which obviously the Super Bowl tickets are expensive, but with that limited capacity on top of it, those two seats were $52,000. Wow. $52,000 a piece. That is, I cannot fathom that. Like, wow. That's stupid money, you know? <laughs> That's you have to be someone money. 
Um, yeah. Wild. And I mean, think wild. about that with our Olympics topic here. Like, those ticket prices will go up, obviously, to get into stadiums. I don't know how much of, like, pre-sale stuff is in effect. Because, obviously, it was slated to happen this past summer. So I imagine those tickets have sold and whatever, if they have to refund people, if they do limited capacity with, you know, Japanese um, fans. I can say this. Overseas. So the average, so this was going, this article was written in 2019. So this is before the whole pandemic of uh, mm-hmm. Olympic ticket costs. Um, so an op- the opening ceremony ticket will range from anywhere from two hundred and twenty dollars to twenty six hundred uh, two thousand six hundred eighty dollars US mm-hmm. uh, for events, the average price will be uh, between sixty and eleven hundred and sixty dollars, with half the tickets costing less than forty four dollars. Yeah, so it's a little late to kind of try to make some money back on those. In my opinion, I'm sure they have whatever system in place, but. The reason why I brought up the limited capacity thing, my roommates are in Mexico right now. So, you know, they're posting on their Snapchat stories, how that's going. Mm-hmm. They're going to clubs. I don't think I saw a single mask in that crowd of like a hundred or so people. So I'm kind of curious to see what the outcomes of that are. And if, well, I don't know. They've already. Everyone's s- waiting to see how spring break plays out in on college campuses in general. Not not even just UND, but others. Yeah. Well, there's already lots of worries that these whole uh, that the the CDC's worried that we could see another outbreak. Yeah, exactly. Because people are starting to relax and they just don't care anymore. I don't think these people ever cared. The people who I are mean, going on spring breaking enough. right now, I don't think they've ever cared about anything coronavirus related. These guys are probably the same people who spring break last year. And in the case of my roommates, they are. So it's, you know, I don't know. (laughs) These people don't care. And then, yeah, but everyone else has to suffer because they don't care. And that was, we were talking about the grand force lifting the mask mandate last week. And I was saying, my opinion was, I think they should keep the mask mandate because people are stupid. People aren't, don't, are selfish and don't care about others, myself included. Like, I believe me, I, you know, wish pandemic land was over and we're just going back to life. But that's not how it works, you know? And so I just think being consistent and just keeping those rules in place because we honestly can't trust people to do the right thing. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, and you've also got people who are like, I don't want the government to tell me what I have to do and don't have to do. And I'm like, I think that's a big part of it. Okay, fair enough. But even the Grand Forks mandate will be specific. I imagine that was decided by Grand Forks City Council, which once again, we directly vote on. So, and I get it nationally, we do vote on that too, but we all know how that's such a hot topic in electoral college stuff and even just, you know, representation in uh, Senate House reps. But anyway. I guess we'll see in a couple of weeks here if we got another outbreak to deal with. Hope not. Yeah. I hope with the, I don't know, the people spring breaking, hopefully they got vaccines beforehand. I doubt it. I doubt it. But I hope so. 
Uh, all we can do is hope, especially with now uh, three vaccines being done, uh, being put out there, and people are getting are getting it. So, well, in some somewhat positive, I don't know, if positive is the right word, but in some more news, Purdue Pharma is that's not positive news. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda, I mean. Kind of I mean, the, the fact that we have to be discussing big pharmacy and an opioid American crisis. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's hopefully they're getting somewhat close. punished though. That's the good news. They're getting somewhat <sighs> punished. It's not. It doesn't compare to any travesties that they've caused, but they're getting somewhat punished. Um, Half ten billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, so they're dissolving Purdue Pharma but they're establishing a new company. So I'm guessing it's, it's going to be the same thing, folks. It's the same thing, just a new name. Well, the reason there were, there's a lot of reasons people were assuming why they were doing this was because if they had declared bankruptcy and did all this stuff, they would know they would be able to no longer be liable for all, for any uh, settlements that would ever come out. I believe. Didn't they already file for bankruptcy? I think yes, they filed for bankruptcy back in 2019, and everyone was like, "There's no way you can you can file for bankruptcy when you rake in three billion dollars a year." In 2017, their revenue was three billion dollars. Hmm. You know I what? Think, I think we got to take away from this. The yeah, I forgot their name already. Stackler is that them? Stackler. 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 The thing we got to take away from this, we all need to collectively hate families like this. What do you guys think? The Sackler family is the stuff out of, you know, children's cartoons. They are the villains (laughs) in my mind. I just told you that I was a Tampa Bay fan, so I think the Glazers are great, but they also are in real estate, so it's a little different. (laughs) I think the I think the biggest issue with the, the whole Oxycontin thing was the fact that they pushed so hard to give it to people whenever they had any sort of surgery or anything going on when probably 80% of the people never even needed the pill to begin with. I would say more than 80%. I would say in the 90 percentage range. Maybe even but higher. still, you you didn't need this strong of a painkiller to have. Oh no, not at all. They and that willingly was the got they made, addicted. They've made, and that's where all this has started to go down. Was that because once you start getting addicted, then it's not then, then you then you basically are raking in millions and millions of dollars every year. Mm-hmm. And they continuously push that it wasn't addictive or wasn't that addictive you know mm-hmm. i don't know are we happy with the outcome guys what do you guys think they the, the sackler family has to pay 4.2 billion is that, that was one year's worth of income for them of revenue yeah revenue is different than profit though Where? that's still a lot of money 4.2 billion that's yeah yeah Crazy where, amounts. Where exactly okay, is but, the settlement com- going? Uh, I think this is this is different than the other settlements that are happening. This is okay because when I was reading up on this just a little bit, 
it sounds like how they're trying to file it or, you know, how they're trying to settle is basically so it doesn't have to touch the Sacklers' like personal assets is how I read some of it. But Correct. And they also, the, the family themselves withdrew $10.7 billion from the company um, a few short years ago. Like so days after I they filed bankruptcy. Imagine. I can't imagine. That's insane. So it looks like this $4.2 billion is going to go to resolve civil claims over the next nine years. Which I mean is, yeah, but like, I guess in dream world, it'd be nice if some of that money was going to like some sort of outreach program to, you know, kind of prevent some of that or to, uh, training on, you know, how to help people who have opioid addictions. Like, uh, yeah. Or fund nice. more investigations into the doctors who prescribe this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I obviously don't know how that would be spread out or, you know, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't think I really want the Sacklers choosing where that goes. <laughs> no, well, they're actually not, they're not, they are not allowed to be, they can't, I don't believe they can ever be at, attached to a company like this ever again. Because well, I know already, you, Mason, you, you said that the, they are going to, that the Purdue guys are going to start a new company. They are but the Sacklers cannot be involved with that company at all. Well, they've already made more than enough money on it. I'm sure they're fine. But hopefully that makes it better. Big Farm is always a risky place. People hate it, and understandably. Yeah, I just, I just think of that insulin guy or whatever he was, the AIDS guy. God, what was he? You remember that story a couple of years ago now? What was it? An AIDS drug or insulin? I don't know. He's he was um, known as the pharma bro. Do you guys remember that? No. I don't know. He raised one drug from like a couple hundred dollars to like thousands. Oh, upon thousands uh, of Martin uh, Shrekle or something like that. Yeah, something like or that. Or Shrekley. S H K R E L I. You know, and that just. That puts into question a lot of things, you know. Uh, he, he was working with uh, Damprin, um, a methamphetamine. Really? It was an amphetamine? Uh, yes, that's what it looks like it is. Huh. That was way off. That's that's not an age drug or insulin. No, it isn't. But either um, way, like... Yeah, it's, it's Dramaprin. Um, and just raise the price, but that but that price hike sounds very similar to the uh, EpiPen stuff. Yeah, where I think it's like. Well, so it's I started in cost. chemical engineering, and I when I graduated, I wanted to do stuff um, within pharmaceutical um, pharmaceuticals because. Uh, so my dad is diabetic, and um, during the pandemic, most of our insulin is produced in China. Um, and so obviously the price of insulin went up and so the government intervened and, you know, kind of put a drop on it. And obviously we all have varying opinions on whether that is something the government should or shouldn't do. But because you have to rely on one main producer, namely China, 
to produce insulin, like, I think that's, that's stupid, like all around the world. Like if you were to, you know, be getting your insulin from China, but you lived in Brazil, like, why can't you just be, I think diversifying how we produce medications and having different plants as well as different companies, because so much of it is all basically the same thing. So I think that's important. The other thing you've also got to think about is, what if this hadn't happened and that company had a fire and the company and they, and they've lost the building. Mm-hmm. Then what's going to happen? I think diversifying our medicine production is, you know, a great idea, but it's all, this all is where my, this is where my lines with, uh, you know, I'm a start capitalism advocate. You could say I'm a big fan of capitalism. I think it's, the best system, but this is where the lines between my love for capitalism and the common good collide because, you know, these guys are obviously in it for money, just like everyone in the world. We want money, but where does that line need to be drawn between saving lives and making money? It's, it's hard. Okay. For example, you look at the EpiPen cost, the average person, uh, pays around seven six hundred and fifty bucks for two of them six hundred and fifty dollars for two of them and is that so, with insurance i believe that's just without that's just retail price okay. but a lot of insurance though a lot of a lot of insurances don't cover it though mm-hmm. and even the generic is still three hundred and ninety one dollars for two or a piece? For for a two pack. Okay, just making sure. But the other thing you've also got to think about is they're only good for like six, seven months. Yeah. And half the time, you can't even use, you're not even using them because you just have to have them. Yep. Yep. Can you I, extend their duration at all? I bet that's risky to do. You know. I don't think you can. My dad has something, once again, diabetic related, not quite the same as an EpiPen, but once they're expired, like you should not use them. Like they're not good. Um, And they're refrigerated. Like they're really just refrigerated Uh, downstairs. The the EpiPens aren't uh, refrigerated. She's talking about. I'm talking talking about the stuff my dad has. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, you think about all of these medications that some of them have a very short life span mm-hmm. yeah i guess part of it's like i don't want, i don't want to say stabilizing the whatever you know is actually working in that medication but yeah that's the best phrase i have for it stabilizing it so it can last as long as possible but yeah. but then is it really lasting as long as possible or is a big pharmacy saying, hey, you can buy another one. We're going to make more money off of you. Yeah, who knows? That's yeah, a bigger question. More money. Yeah. Because they know they've got you now into this trap of, oh, you have to buy it. Oh, we can get more money now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and as you're saying, Mason, like capitalism wise, like, yeah. I would also agree that capitalism although it's not my favorite, probably is the best economic course within the United States. And I think that obviously if someone can make money off of creating a product that people are willing to buy, 
great. But then when it comes to things like medication, the startup capital to create a plant to produce that medication, to do all the trial runs and lab testing, it's, it's just so high that how do you essentially lower that bar to introduce more competition into that market and hence lower some of the costs of those products to the general public? So that I think is part of the issue is that general startup cost. You know, a big part of that too. See, this is where things don't really play well with each other. You know, we want to regulate the, this industry because it, it needs regulation, of course. But the more we add these regulations, the higher the startup costs are going to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just this yep. never it's ending the same cycle. Yeah. yeah. Same concept of like, you know, government paying for college or, you know, saying they'll you know, forgive $10,000 in student loans. Okay. Well then the cost of colleges went up by $10,000 because it's. Yeah. Yeah, It's a hard place and it's really uh, unfortunate, but I don't know, maybe someone smarter than us will come along and fix everything in the future. That can be our only hope. hope (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully Elon Musk decides, Hey, I want to do healthcare or something. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't Do know. I want you all to charge my healthcare. Honestly, as much of a no, as much as people don't like him for a variety of reasons, I do have a lot of faith in him just because I I truly believe in his desire to help humanity. I I may be wrong in that, but I, I think his he has PR good intentions. Pretty great. <laughs> his PR team is him, you know. That's I don't listen to anyone from Tesla say anything. I listen to him and he seems genuine. So I don't know. In in Um, terms of having someone who's that rich and that powerful, I would much rather have him running stuff than a snake like Jeff Bezos, who I think. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I would would let Elon take over let Jeff Bezos take over. Yeah. It's I don't know. I'd rather have Elon Musk have that power than someone else. I know we got to wrap this up, but Elon for president, not Meghan Markle for president. Yeah, he can't. I'm sure he would definitely eye that. I know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we're not talking about the royal ex family today. Sorry if you wanted to hear about that. Is his citizenship South African these days? He was born in South Africa. Yeah, that's. But I'm saying, is that where his citizenship? No, he he has American citizenship. He's got American citizenship. The problem with president is you have to be a natural born, natural, natural born citizen. Yeah. yeah. See, that's well, what I've, not, I've never. If you find a loophole, he will. <laughs> yeah, but that's what like you look at. Uh, for example, Boris Johnson. He's the prime minister of the United Kingdom and wasn't born there. Yeah, prime minister is different than president, though. He's got the same power. I'm saying not really. <laughs> Pretty yeah. close. Yeah. I don't know. They're different. It's it's hard to compare the US to anything because we're so different in nearly every way, you know. Okay, it's, so then you want to compare California to Canada? Not really. That I that's I said you can't. That, you though. can't. You can't. Like people who say the Canadian healthcare system is great, that wouldn't work in California. You can't compare the two. Why though? It's just I don't know. We're different. They both start with the letter C. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you got to say the uh, um, We could talk about some sports before we wrap up quick. I won't go over the scores. If you want to see specific scores, feel free to head to UND's website or wherever they post them. Um, 
Hockey's winning it, going into the championship. They face off against St. Cloud. Do you guys say today, as in uh, tonight? So tonight. So this is Tuesday. This, this is today's Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, today. All right, so we'll see that outcome, you know, before this is posted. Hope you guys do well. Um, yeah, that's about it. Thank you for tuning into Dakota's Doing Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Uh, come back next week for some more. Thank you, Claire and Ben, for coming on today. I know it's spring break, so I hope you guys can have a good rest of your break. Thanks again, everyone. Bye.